Welcome to A Different Way of Traveling. This is a podcast where we discuss travel for persons with disabilities and special needs in South Africa and beyond with our host, Lois Strachan. Join us as we share inspiring stories of people who travel, exciting accessible travel experiences, and showcase service providers who will accommodate those with special needs. And now, on with the show. Hi everyone, and thanks for joining us on today's episode of A Different Way of Travelling, a podcast on accessible travel. I'm your host, Lois Strachan. Today, we're chatting to an international guest, our first from the USA. Her name is Renee Kester-Sobronik, and we discuss some of her travels as a visually impaired traveler. Also, during the interview, you'll hear that her guide dog, Charade, decided to offer a few comments, as did one of my dogs, Emily. <laughs> but let's dive straight into that interview. Today on A Different Way of Traveling, we're chatting to Renee Kester-Sobronik, all the way from Wisconsin in the United States of America. Renee, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you. You and I have been having some extensive chats over email. And when I heard about some of the, the travels you've done, I think I have to get this lady onto the podcast because I am green with envy at some of the amazing voyages that you've taken. So we're going to dig into a few of those today. But before we get there, I think let's just take a step back and ask you if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Okay, so my name is Renee Kester-Sobronik, and I live in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, USA, with my sighted husband, my first guide dog, and our cat. I am 56 years young. I have became legally blind uh, 15 years ago, and I have been totally blind for the last 10 years. I love to go hiking, camper camping, tandem mountain biking, canoeing, even some whitewater canoeing. Um, listen to audiobooks, podcasts, and music, love to learn things on my iPhone. I am a mentor for a young lady who is visually impaired and the co-leader of our visually impaired person support group. Also, I love to travel and that's why we're here today. Absolutely. And we're going to find out a little bit more about that now. So you have traveled extensively and I've looked at some of the countries you've been to, some of the cities and some of the experiences you've had. We could almost do a podcast just on the list of the places you've been to and the things you've done. But can you give us sort of an overview of the travel that you've done since losing your sight? Since losing my sight, I have... Uh... 
been to all of Europe, the United Kingdom, England, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland. And I have been to Thailand, Peru and the Amazon jungle, Galapagos Islands and Ecuador, and South Africa. Um, also, last month, I went to Mexico. That's quite something. And sorry, I, I have to put this in being a South African. Yay, you've been to South Africa. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Always exciting for me to talk to someone who has been to South Africa. Am I correct that when you were here, you were in Johannesburg and then you also went to Zimbabwe? Yes. Ah, oh, well, that's amazing. That's a country I haven't yet visited, even though it's one of my northerly neighbors in, in, in the country here. Yes, we went to, um, when we were in South Africa, we went on nine safaris, six by Jeep, one by helicopter, one by boat, and one on an elephant. And we went to Cape Town and Hermanus to see the penguins and the whales. And then we went to Victoria Falls and we went to a couple game reserves and Tabaney Game Reserve and Toby National Park. Oh, I think you've seen more of my, my local um, area here in, in South Africa than I have possibly. Um, I, I tend not to have visited many of the, the the wildlife parks and things like that, but I'm glad to hear that you have visited my home city, Cape Town. So tell us a little bit about the logistics of how you travel, and that's a very broad question. So just tell us a little bit about your thoughts on the way you travel, how you do it, how you go about it. Well, mostly I go with, um, my mom and a tour group. And so I use human sighted guide. And I have, I did take my guide dog with me to San Francisco in 2017 for guide dogs for the blind 75th anniversary reunion. And I have not taken her internationally. So to what extent then, you know, how do you and the sighted guide work together to give you a good immersive experience of a place that you're traveling? Well, there's lots of communication and audio description, which is kind of telling me what's around me or what's coming up or some of the sites that I can't see. And a lot of it I can take in through hearing and smells and and the taste of the different foods. And there's just a lot of different ways you can sense things. You know, I I use my other senses a lot when I travel. And I sometimes think that People who are sighted are almost a little limited because they're not aware of the input they're getting from their other senses. And I think that if someone had 
sight and was yet aware of the sounds, the scents, the, the, the feeling of the world around them as well when they're traveling, it would be such a rich, immersive experience. I agree totally. So looking then more generally, what does accessibility mean to you when you travel? And what is it that makes a site accessible to you? Well, I think the, the thing that makes a site most accessible are the people and, you know, the help that you get from everyone in uh there's a few instances where this was most relevant when i was in egypt the tour guide let me touch the hieroglyphics which they don't usually let people touch and i thought that was just amazing uh when i was in mexico last month I had a super experience with, I got to swim with the dolphins and the person, Michelle, was with me, helping me touch the dolphins because you're not supposed to touch parts, their eyes or their blowhole. And so she was right there helping me, you know, have the full experience like anyone else. And it was amazing. Also, when I went, um, when I was in Mexico, we went zip lining up and down a mountain. And at first they were not going to let me do it when we booked it. Uh, but they said, as, when I got there, they would assess the situation and the guide went with me and I did all of it. And one of the reasons is because he had already taken a blind person on the zip line before. And I think if you can get the people to help you out and you can show that you're capable and advocate for yourself, then that paves the way for other people and it makes your experience that much better. That's so true. And I think I have had some extraordinary experiences that sighted people don't have when they travel. And I think, you know, some of the things that you've shared with us today is a similar thing. But I think you're absolutely right that part of it is the open-mindedness of the, the people that you're working with mm -hmm. at a travel experience or site, but also the confidence that we need to show that we're comfortable in the environment and we're not nervous about trying something different and if we're confident about it it makes other people more confident about working with us so that we can engage with that experience as much as we can right i'm curious about how you zip line up a mountain well there was 11 different zip lines and seven were up and four were down so we would <clears throat> hook on to the harness and zip line to the next platform. And then you'd have to hike up the mountain and then go to the next zip line and so forth. 
It sounds great. I, I, I'm not good with heights, but really, um, I think that's so exciting that you're able to do that. Well, I think some of the people that we were doing it with, I went with my mom and niece and some friends, and one of them was afraid of heights. And he closed his eyes and looked up because they said it was really high up there. And I just tried not to think about it and just have fun. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be able to look up. I'm much better looking down. (laughs) And yes, I know I'm totally blind, but still. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of the places that you've found have been easiest for you to experience when you've mentioned the um, swimming with the dolphins and things like that when when you were in Mexico, um, the the hieroglyphics in Egypt and things like that. What were some of your favorite travel experiences as a blind traveler? Well, there was one really great experience when we were in Egypt. Also, we took a sunrise hot air balloon ride over the Nile River and the Valley of the Kings. And it was a balloon that held 24 people. And it just glided. It was just gliding over everything and just really spectacular. Then the wind came up and blew us off course. And we crash landed in a sugarcane field. And it was, (laughs) it was, the, one of the most memorable, you know, those mishaps make it the most memorable thing to to date. Uh, all of the places <laughs> I've visited have had, you know, special things about them, but it seems that, you know, some of those mishaps seem to be the most memorable. And uh, as long as nobody got hurt. <laughs> and well, when you say you crash landed, yes, did you actually seriously crash land well that could yeah, be he, very dangerous he had to and scary yes it was he said yeah because he told everyone to get down because we were gonna you know do a landing that they weren't prepared to do so and they weren't you know it wasn't really uh an ideal spot to land and then the farmers came out and was yelling at the pilot of the hot air balloon because they ruined some of their sugar cane (laughs) yeah and uh and and how did you get back to where you needed to be after that they had well sorry i'm I'm curious yeah they had um cars that came and got us to take us back to where we needed to be so yes <laughs> that must have been totally unforgettable as an experience. It was. It was. It definitely was. And let's see, the you know, traveling the streets of Cairo are quite tricky. Mm. <laughs> and um Galapagos Islands was a really awesome with all the lo- wildlife and just being on the water, traveling by boat. I've I've traveled by all types of means and all of them are adventurous. They are. It's something that I, my husband and I also love to do is to find different ways of transport when, wherever we are. Mm-hmm. So I want to come back to your, your visit to South Africa to well and to Zimbabwe to the 
the game drives that you did in the um, the national parks. What was your experience like there? How did the the tour guides and the uh, the rangers work with you to make that experience special for you? Yes, they were they were very descriptive and helpful getting in and out of the jeeps because they're very tall, um, and they always stopped for everyone, you know, to get good pictures and listen for the animals and to make sure everyone, you know, got the most out of their experience as long as it was safe. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sometimes they got a little close. (laughs) There was a rhinoceros that went right behind one of our Jeeps and he decided to mark the territory right there. And it was like five feet behind me. I could hear him (laughs) Uh, just, and they're huge. So that was kind of Mm -hmm. scary. And I, yeah, like I said, it's the the people that really make trips uh, special and accommodating. I think it's such an important part for us is the willingness of people to translate the sighted world for us and be they people who with us on the the the, the travel experience, family, friends, or um, the the travel company that you're traveling with, mm-hmm. whether it's the the guides, whether it's whoever it is, there's something we can learn from each different person who we're traveling with provided they are comfortable assisting and and translating for us. Correct. Let's talk about some of the challenges that you've experienced. Have you had any, okay, apart from crashing a hot air balloon in the middle of the Nile Delta, (laughs) um, any of the challenges that you find as a tourist who is blind? What, What sort of challenges do you encounter? I think, well, this comes down to the people not be willing to work with blind people. When I was in Thailand and we were going to go pet the tigers and get our pictures taken with them, they didn't think that I would be able to do that. And my mom advocated for me at that point in time. That was before I was self-advocating more for myself and she said no she really you know this is a huge part of why she's here and she really wants to do that and then they did they took me over to another one and I got to to you know do the full experience also when we were in Machu Picchu in Peru the tour guide said I don't think that you'll be able to traverse Machu Picchu and I said I said I definitely can and (laughs) he was uh, quite surprised when we got done that I was fine and there was no mishaps and I enjoyed the experience immensely Uh, also when we were in Mexico last month they we had to ride mules back from the zip line to the resort to have lunch. And then we were going to go horseback riding in the afternoon. And the guy said, 
I think that you should ride a mule because they're safer and they're not so skittish. And I said, well, I came, I paid to ride a horse and I'm going to ride a horse. And I did. And it was, it was great. So just have to advocate uh, and be confident. And it, it helps, you know, if you have some training skills and resources that help you be more confident. So that's, I think, I think confidence is a, is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what do you think it is that creates that fear or unwillingness in people in the tourism industry? Ooh, she's blind. She might not be able to do this. Or, ooh, she's blind. She might get hurt. How do we overcome that as, a, as the visually impaired community? Just education, getting the word out. And by doing what we're doing and just going out and doing. Yes. Yes. I think that's so true. So I suppose the the next question kind of leads from that is around what single change do you think would make travel easier for people with visual impairments? I think the single change that would make it easier for people with visual impairments would be to have better indoor navigation available. Like Mm -hmm. if you checked into a hotel or something that they would, they would have an app and you would be able to just open that app and it would tell you, you know, where everything was in proximity to where you are with the technology we have these days. It's, right on the forefront and people are working on that. And I think that would be super helpful, especially for blind and visually impaired people that travel by themselves and you need to be able to ask for help. That was one of the hardest things I had to learn to do was ask for help. I agree with you. And I think the technology is making a huge difference to us, you know, when we're traveling. And I think, I'm seeing some really exciting changes coming through in technology, even if it's not specifically from the tourism service providers themselves. There are a number of apps that are available that can at least help us to navigate on our own. But I think if it became part of the accepted process of a travel experience, a hotel, or something like that, to be aware of the needs of those who are visually impaired and yet need to navigate a hotel just as anybody else does, or to navigate a touristic site as anybody else does, it would certainly make things a lot easier for us. Definitely. There are a lot of venues that are doing this right now. Well, except for COVID, if they're open, uh, because um, like museums and such have, you know, audio described tours that you can do 
on your own or with other people and they explain things really well for the visually impaired and even like live performances they do audio described live performances and just like they do on tv so it's it's coming it's getting there but there's still a ways to go in some ways, I think that the experience over the last year and, well, 15, 16 months now that we've had with travel being shut down by the COVID-19 virus, I think in a lot of ways that there's been consequences of that, side effects in a sense, that are resulting in more accessibility for the, those, those of us with visual impairments, like museums, making you know making videos and descript described videos so that people can still engage with their site and that sort of thing is quite exciting and i think it'll be interesting to see how that develops into the future once we move beyond the the, the travel limitations that we have at the moment yes i i think that this pandemic has uh, made things, like you said, more accessible for everybody because the museums and things that are shut down, they're doing like 360 virtual tours, which aren't real accessible to us, but they're, you know, and they are audio describing a lot of different things. Also, the one thing that is making it a little harder for people with visual impairments nowadays is that you have to be six feet apart. And the technology with the newer iPhones with the LiDAR, that's they're working on that now too. So everything and working from home, you know, everyone said, oh no, we can't work from home. But the majority of the people are working from home now and, and the world is still still turning it's amazing how companies said they couldn't work from home until they did yes so yep yes that's that's a there again is one of those rabbit holes that is a whole conversation that could could definitely distract us from travel mm. so renee if someone wanted to reach out and find out a little bit more about you about your travel experiences how could they do so well they could Check me out on Facebook. Send me a friend request. It's Renee Kester Sobranic, R-E-N-E-E-K-U-E-S-T-E-R hyphen S-E-B-R-A-N-E-K. And if you do send me a friend request, I would prefer if you could send me a message and say that you heard me on the travel podcast. That would be really great. Also, you could send me an email at rjks64 at charter.net. Great. Thank you so much. And I hear we had Charade barking to say hello to, to my dog. And yes. my dog sitting here next to me is now responding to, to your guide dog Charade as well. Right. So there's, there's four of us on this podcast today. <laughs> right. <laughs> With all of the places that <laughs> you've visited. So with all of the places that you have visited, 
do you have a bucket list of places that you still want to go? And if so, what are your top three destinations? Well, hopefully when cruising resumes someday, I would like to take a cruise to Barbados and the West Indies because I used to live there when I was five for a year and a half. My dad worked down there, so we lived there, and I would really like to go back and visit there. I would also like to take an inner passage cruise around Alaska. And I would always wanted to take a train ride through the Canadian Rockies. I think that would be super spectacular. I can imagine. Those sound like some very exciting and interesting trips. Renee, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and sharing a little bit of your experiences and some of your magnificent travel stories with us. It's really been great to chat to you. Yes, and thank you for having me on here to share my experiences. I would like to just say, remember that blind and visually impaired people can do virtually anything with the right resources and support. And I encourage everyone to get out there, explore the world and make some memories. You know, every time I listen to this interview, my brain is filled with such strong mental images of being in that hot air balloon as it crashed down into the sugarcane field in Egypt. And I just keep thinking, wow, that must have been such an experience. It was so great to have the opportunity to chat to Renee and, of course, to her guide dog, Charade. And I really hope that you enjoyed the interview. Our travel quote for this episode comes from Mary Ann Radmarker, who said, I am not the same having seen the moon shine on the other side of the world. And I think that for me encapsulates a truth about travel. Traveling changes us. It makes us think a little bit differently and experience new things. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I personally love travel so much. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next time. That's it from us for this time. You can find Accessible South Africa on the web at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za, on Facebook and Instagram at Accessible South Africa, and on Twitter at Accessible SA. You can also email us at podcast at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za. Editing by Crate Strachan using Hinderberg software. Our theme music is by Lu Chil Chow, based on a motif by Lloyd Stratton. Credits read by Musa Izulu. Thank you for joining us on A Different Way of Traveling. We'll see you next time. Until then, happy travels.